guest with us this morning. We're glad to have you in service with us today. Thank you for being here. If you're watching us online somewhere, we pray that you are blessed by this service and what happens here today because God fills all space. Amen. Praise God. It's good to see Brother Stumont's mom, Sister June, in service with us today. Amen. Praise God. We do have service again tonight at 6 p.m. Encouraging you to come and be a part. We have had an awesome time this weekend at our Maryland D.C. District Go Conference. The uh, services at night, God has ministered and spoken to us. And then the daytimes, the training, and um, um, the equipping that has taken place has been absolutely awesome. And uh, we are so blessed. And I am excited for us to be able to have Brother Scott Sistrunk with us. He currently serves... Um, as the North American Missions Director for uh, the United Pentecostal Church, the organization that we are a part of. And uh, it's a a very important role to have because we've got to reach this nation, North America. Amen. But uh, earlier I was thinking of kind of, you know, rehearsing a little bit in my mind, my introduction, and I was going to say he is the North American Missions Director, but that's just what he serves as, because he's way more than that. He has started seven, started seven churches in the Detroit metro area, Uh, and again, one of those, uh, Brother Brian Jones, who was saved here, now pastors, and uh, so we are excited to have him with us today and uh, want him to just be at home and uh, whatever he feels to do and say, that's what we want. Amen. Brother Sistrunk, welcome. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord. Aren't you glad you're in church today? You made a good decision today to come to church. Amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. God, we're here to celebrate you, Lord. We're so thankful for you, Lord. This is a day that you made, Lord, and we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. God loves church. He said where two or three are gathered in his name, He would be in the midst of them. Whenever the people of God get together, uh, Jesus is right in the middle of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. He anticipates our gathering together, and he has gifts for us. He has blessings for us. He has instruction for us. What a privilege to be in the house of God. Amen. Praise God. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. Amen. Not on a lake. Come on, not out uh, uh, playing golf. No place I'd rather be. I get up earlier on Sunday than I do any other day of the week because I want to make sure I'm ready. I want to make sure I'm ready. I I don't want to stumble out of bed, uh, barely get a washcloth on my face, 
get in the car, rush, cut people off, trying to get to church on time, come in, aggravated because somebody's in my seat. No, no. That's not how you come to church. You you got plenty of time to come to church. You, you know, you have to plan not to fight with your spouse on Sunday. You just have to plan that. You have to plan that out on Saturday. Now you will not fight in the morning, on Sunday morning. I will not yell at the kids. I will not. The devil doesn't want you here. The devil tried to keep you away from here. But we're here. We might as well get something from God. Oh, hallelujah. Let's open up our hearts again. Thank you, Jesus. God, change me today. God, change me today. Lord, speak to me today. Lord, walk into my life and rearrange it today. God, I want to hear from heaven today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Did I say you're in the right place today? Amen. Praise God. This is, this is, I, I just can't get over it. Amen. We just walk around and pray today and not have preaching. Just, just enjoy the presence of the Lord and we'd be okay. We'd be okay. Amen. Praise God. God loves us. Isn't that amazing? After all we did this week, God still loves us. Isn't that something? Amen. It's great to be with this great church. This church has had an impact on the world. You know, one thing about the Lord, you know, everybody knows the story of David and Goliath, right? Little shepherd boy, nobody knew, goes, picks up some rocks and kills the big giant. You know, that's the story of God's kingdom forever, right? And, and God... When God wants something done, he always, it, it never looks fancy. And you can miss it if you're not careful. And you are in one of the greatest churches in the world this morning. You really are. You say, this, where's the stained glass? You are in one of the greatest churches in all of the world right now. Amen. I am the North American Missions Director, or I serve as the North American Missions Director. And you know, the United Pentecostal Church has 4,800 churches in North America. We have 45,000 churches all over the world. And I'm telling you, you're in one of the greatest churches in the world, right? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. There you go. You ought to be excited about it. God put you here. I said, God put you here. You've got a mission. And you're changing the world. Hallelujah. Praise God. Psalm 16. So great to be with Pastor Wright. I just love him, love his spirit, love his vision, love his family, love what you all are doing. Amen. Praise God. Psalm 16. I'm going to read the whole chapter. It's not very long. 
11 verses. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. And don't get tired of me reading this because it gets better at the end. It just keeps building. So. Oh, my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord. My goodness extended not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrow shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer nor take up their names to my lips. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. And my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. Oh, look at this verse. One of the most beautiful verses of Scripture in the Bible right here. Thou wilt show me the path of life in Thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? Isn't that awesome? Let's just, let's just focus on that. Thou will show me the path of life. I'm going to know what to do. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand. Our pleasures forevermore. I'm going to preach this morning on the foundations of joy. The foundations of joy. Lord Jesus, thank you for being here today. God, we love you. We love your word. God, we love what we feel. God, we know that you are in control. You are in charge. And we trust you today. Speak to us, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Preamble to our Constitution, it's, it says, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That, if there's anything that devi defines the American character, it is the pursuit of happiness. I mean, good night. You look around, you drive over the Bay Bridge, and you look at all those people out there pursuing happiness. They, yesterday, they had the boats going. I mean, there was a traffic jam of boats out there. And and people always buying toys. I, I actually go into Alaska tomorrow, and I had to go to Bass Pro to get me some fishing equipment and so I, I I look my you couldn't hardly move in there everybody pursuing happiness if I could just get this scope if I could just get this reel if I could just get this ATV if I could just get that boat I'd be happy everybody pursuing happiness everybody is looking for 
joy. Now, I know in the Greek, there's different Greek words for happy and joy. But today, we're not going to make a big deal out of it, okay? Because joy means happy, and happy means joy. Happy is a little bit blessed. If you're blessed, uh, you got joy. If you, if you got joy, you're going to be blessed. So when I say happy, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that good feeling. That you're, just, you're smiling. You're just smiling on the inside. And you just feel good. You feel peace. You ever been happy before? We've all been happy for a short time, right? Uh, but God promises us that we can have abiding, everlasting joy and happiness. And uh, you've been sold a bill of good. There's some things that uh, the world says will bring happiness, and it might for a little while. Man, I'm a car guy. I like cars. Me and Brother Wright are like that. You know, Brother Wright likes cars. If you don't, Bishop Wright likes cars and so ever since i've known bishop Wright, he's had a nice car and he he likes his car i'm a car guy i like it there's nothing like getting a new car but if you keep that thing for 10 years it it rusts it gets old and what you were so proud of it's just an old jalopy now i bought a 2010 ford flex Brand spanking new. And now it's got 260-something thousand miles on it, and the side mirrors are duct tape on with black duct tape, so you can't see the duct tape. I mean, and I, I, moth and rust doth corrupt, right? And thieves break in and steal. And so material things can't bring happiness, even relationships sometimes are unstable but the bible gives us a way to have abiding and everlasting joy uh, proverbs 10:22 the blessing of the lord it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it isn't that awesome anybody want that today anybody looking for that you, you see, you're so quiet because you've heard all these sales pitches before. And you're like, yeah, whatever. I'm here to tell you, I'm going to tell you how to be happy all the time. Doesn't mean you won't have bad days, but you can be happy. You know you can be happy during a bad day? That's some, that We live this way. People who understand what I'm going to preach about today, we live this way. And we may get knocked down, but we don't stay down. We may weep for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? David calls this a mictum of David. A mictum psalm. Mictum has uh, diff- some different meanings, but it, 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 the best meaning of it is it's, it, it means to engrave in stone. And so he says, this is something you need to remember. This is a mictum psalm. This is something you need to engrave. There are six psalms that, that are called a mictum psalm. And so this is one David said, look, 
Uh, don't forget this one. This one may not have as catchy a tune as some of the other ones, but you need to remember this psalm because it is, uh, it, it's worthy to be engraved on your heart. And, and it was written during the time when David was fleeing from Saul. Now, David had been anointed king, but uh, there was another king on the throne. And uh, Saul was not happy that David had been anointed king. You know, the kings want to pass it down to their uh, sons. They want to name the next king. But uh, God had named the next king. And so David has to flee for his life, and he's out, uh, and he writes this psalm. And it and it's so beautiful to know that he's writing this in probably the middle of the darkest days of his life. And he concludes with, In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. But... We don't just get to verse 11 without going through the rest of the psalm. And so the psalm builds the foundation. Why could David say uh, there's pleasure forevermore? Because of the principles that he's already engraved on his heart. And so let's go through those today. I'm watching the time, and whenever you say you're going to go through something, if I spend too much time on one scripture, you're going to be calculating. Say, my God, we're never getting out of here. Well, I'm, I'm watching the clock. We'll speed them up. If I spend too much time on one, are y'all all right out there? Okay. This is... <laughs> Amen. So he starts off, he says, preserve me, O God, verse 1 and 2, preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee. David uses three words for God in these two sentences. He uses El, that means he is Jehovah. He, he, he uses uh, Adonai, and uh, uh, then he uses Jehovah and Adonai together, uh, El Jehovah. And, and he, he's saying, God is my master. He is my maker, he is my mediator, and he is my master. You cannot ever have abiding joy if God is not the Lord of your life. God is not uh, for just to be a uh, accoutrement in our life, not just a little side dish in our life. I've got a boat, I got a job, I got a wife, and I got Jesus. No, it doesn't work that way. He has to be the Lord of your life. He is your God. He is your maker. He is your mediator. He is your master. He's everything. The disciples of Jesus, he said, are you going to leave two, 5,000 left? And he looked at the 12. They said, where are we going to go? And uh, uh, David has said, hey, he, he's my God. I trust in him. Uh, you have to trust in God alone. If you're trusting in money, you're trusting in education, you're trusting in somebody else, your relationship, you're trusting in an inheritance that you think you might get. You're trusting in the government. You're going to be disappointed. 
and, and, and when uh, you're trusting in a job and your identity is wrapped up in this job and then you lose it, it's depression time. You can't find any joy. You can't find any happiness in the middle of it because uh, uh, your feet have been cut out from under you. Your foundation is gone and you don't know what to do. But when you know that God is the Lord of your life, when you know that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, when you know that he knows my going out and my coming in, he knows when I wake up, when you know that he... that. Uh, Every hair on your head is numbered and he cares about you and he is your God. Then something devastating like losing a job can happen. But inside, you know, God's still in control. You know, God's still in control. You know that this too shall pass. You know that he's got something better for you. You've got to trust in God. So many people trust in so many different things. And it always fails. You know what? Uh, sometimes uh, we trust in good things, right? Uh, I love my wife. Uh, we've been married for 32 years. And uh, we've got four grandchildren, three beautiful children, four grandchildren that are more beautiful than our children. Uh, but... <laughs> uh, but I, and I love my wife, but... You know what? You can trust too much in each other, right? And you say, well, that's a good thing. We depend on each other. You can trust in your pastor too much. Now, you need a good pastor in your life. You need a good relationship. Uh, you need a good marriage. You, you need good friends. But your trust can't be in that. Your trust has to be in God. You have to know Him for yourself. You have to be filled with His Spirit. You have to be born again and to be a child of God. Oh, it's a beautiful thing to know that uh, you belong to Him. The Bible uses things like we are the bride of Christ. Husbands, it says, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. Jesus loves us. He cares about us. He, uh, and we have that relationship with him. This church believes in that. This church believes in he, Jesus. You're not just saying, uh, you're my Lord and Savior, but living that and knowing it and believing it and acting on it. Trust in God. Trust in God alone. Trust in God alone. We got some people who've been walking with God for years and they can't, they're not happy. I hate to tell you this. There are some Christians that's been Christians for 30, 40, 50 years, but they're still not happy. Why? Because they don't trust in God alone. They're still trusting in their own strength, their own intellect, their own bank account. And you know what? No matter how smart you are, no matter how rich you are, no matter how powerful you are, there's always somebody smarter, somebody richer, and somebody more powerful. But there's nobody richer, there's nobody smarter, 
There's nobody more powerful than God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Hallelujah. And David believed that. And so even though Saul was out to get him, he still was happy. He still had joy. He could still rejoice. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. The next thing he says, he says, but to the saints that are in the earth, uh, the excellent in whom is all my delight. David delighted in the people of God. First uh, John says, we know that we have passed out of death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not abideth in death. Psalmist said, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. As the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Uh, One key to abiding happiness is to dwell with the people of God. Look around you. This is a key to happiness. Coming together with people of like precious faith, dwelling together in unity, going to home fellowship groups, hanging out with one another, talking, that is a key to joy and happiness. Come on. We need one another. We're brothers. We're part of the body of Christ. We're connected together by the blood of Jesus Christ. He bought us. We're in his family. We're going to live forever together in heaven. We need one another. It's a human need to be with other humans. Solitary confinement is the worst punishment that we can meet out on people. Solitary confinement. Isolate somebody from even the rest. Think about it. It, uh, There's probably some days prisoners would like to be isolated from the rest of those, the violence and things that's going on, but they hate. they even, Even though they're being isolated from other violent people and people that are not so nice, they are tormented by not being with other people. We can't live without other people. Some of the worst psychological damage that can be done to a human being is for a child not to have human contact after it's born. I mean, irreversible damage happens. And uh, we have to have one another. Now, uh, people in the that uh, don't serve the Lord and they, they're, they're, they're going to have fellowship. That's what bars are about, right? Go to the corner bar. They're going to hang out. People going to hang out. But you know what? 
sin doesn't bring happiness. Doing evil things, people who don't live by principles. You ever been hurt before by somebody? You ever been cheated by somebody? Huh? That's not very good. That doesn't bring happiness. You need to hang out with the people of God, people that live the principles of the Word of God. Yeah, you, you, we have to dwell in unity with one another. You know, you're going to be a miserable person if you think you have to have it your way all the time. You ever you think you're going to have a happy marriage and you're not going to compromise and do something somebody else likes? That's part of living. And so we love the people of God. I'm asking you today, where what do you think about the people of God? Is that your delight? Do you love coming and hanging out with the people of God? Do you just love coming to church? Most miserable people in the world. You criticize everything. Well, they shouldn't do that. Well, I'll tell you what, if they just listen to me, why don't you just unfold those arms, get a smile on your face, and realize that we're putting up with you too. You're doing some things we think you shouldn't do, but we love you anyway, all right? So you just put up with the things that you don't think we should be doing, okay? And we'll be happy. You need to find a church that you go to every week. You don't... You don't need to be hopping around, going here, going here. Get you a family. There's no perfect church. If you find a perfect church, please don't join it. You'll mess it up. <laughs> There's no family that's perfect, but your family anyway. Everybody's got a crazy uncle that they don't look forward to uh, fellowshipping with at Thanksgiving. We don't, but we don't quit going to Thanksgiving dinner because we're family. Right? Somebody could get happy today if you just understand what I'm talking about. Just enjoy the people of God. You don't get to pick your family. You're just born into it. You don't go around picking. Well, let's see if it's family. Y'all send me some pictures of Thanksgiving. I may join y'all next year. Huh? No, you just, you go to the family get-together that you was born into. Amen. And come to church. Hang out with everybody. Love somebody. Go out to dinner with somebody. Get to know somebody better. Hey, that's a, a foundation of joy. It's a foundation of joy. Well, nobody called me. You're going to be unhappy if you sit around waiting on somebody to call you. Call somebody. Nobody shook my hand. How many did you shake? Love the people of God. Amen. Nobody's going to be able to keep me from coming to Thanksgiving dinner, and nobody's going to keep me from church. If somebody meets me at the back door and says, we don't want you here, I'm going to say, would you let me come anyway? Because if you'll move over, I'm going to go find my seat. I hope you get over it, but I'm going to be here at church. 
You can't offend me and make me quit coming to church. Uh, I, I'm going to offend you by keep coming. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep coming. I'm going to keep forgiving you. I'm going to keep loving you until whatever. I don't know what's been going on in your life to make you so mean, but I'm going to pray for you. That God will help you, and I'm going to keep coming to church. It's part of the foundation of joy. Uh, he said, their sorrow shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names unto my lips, denouncing idolatry and double-mindedness. Denouncing evil is a key to joy. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He that preserveth the souls of saints, he delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. you, You can't love you can't have two masters you've got to love the one and you got to hate the other you you there when we marry people they come up to the altar and and uh, they're young and they're in love and they have no idea what they're really doing uh but uh we marry them anyway and they figure it out and and one thing they say uh let me see if i can remember um uh, forsaking all others Will you cleave only unto him so long as you both shall live? And we say it to the man, forsaking all others. We pledge their trough, if you're using the old book. Pledge your faithfulness one to another. You know what? When you come to get married, you're not just saying yes to her or yes to him. You're saying no to everybody else. No to everybody else. Does it mean there's not some more good-looking people in the world? Does it mean that there might not be somebody you're attracted to? No, but you said no to them forever. You close the door for flirting with anybody else. I've had people, uh, uh, young couples, say, well, uh, Pastor, his old girlfriend's still texting him, and he texts her back, and he's like, well, you know, it's just... All she wanted to know was how I was doing. I'm like, you can't ever text her again, period, never. 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 What? Yes. Not if you want to stay married, you can't. You can't do it. You got to say no. And it's the same way. When you come to serve God, he's your Lord. You got to say no to everything else. It's over. Don't be flirting with the world. Most miserable people in the world that are ma- is the people that are married to somebody and want to be married to somebody else. There's no basis for a happy marriage. And Christians that are serving God and then looking at the world, always winking at the world, always wondering what's over there, you, you will never be happy. You've got to say no. Don't want to even get close to it. Saying no, it means more than just saying, well, I'd like to, but, you know, I just can't. No. You've got to get way away. No. Not even close. It's not okay for my wife 
to be sitting on an airplane with me and say, well, he's cute, but I won't, I won't, I won't talk to him because I'm married to you. Well, boy, well, he's really tall and he's got hair, you know. Uh, it's not enough for her just to kind of say yes to me, you know. So don't worry, babe, I'm not going to. Uh, look how good looking this guy is in this magazine. Oh, don't worry, babe. I would never do something like that. No, I'm not interested. Woo. Now, I didn't mean to wink at him. My God, I'm getting mad right now thinking about it. I'm just, I'm about, I, I'm just getting aggravated about it. Well, what do you think God does when you're always winking at something? You're always looking. You're always testing it out. Well, I won't do it. No, you got to turn your back on it. You can't be happy flirting with the world all the time. You got to make up your mind. I'm not putting their drink offerings. I'm not offering that. I, I'm not even putting their name on my lip, David said. I'm not even speaking their name. Their sorrows will be multiplied and hasten after another God. You've got to denounce evil. Emily Dickinson said, renunciation is the piercing virtue. You have to know what you're going to not do. This is important for you to decide what you're not going to do and what you're not going to be involved in as it is for you to declare what you are going to be involved in. Because some things are just mutually exclusive. Plan neglect. If you want to be, uh, I forget the lady's name, but uh, famous violinist, they said, what's your key to success? She said, planned neglect. She said, I knew if I wanted to do this, I was going to have to practice violin eight to ten hours a day, and there are just some things I can't do. You know, there's just some things as a Christian you can't do. If you're going to serve God, there's just some things you don't do. And don't worry about it. Don't even debate it anymore. Just renounce it. Oh, it's, it's great when you make up your mind. You just make up your mind. <laughs> you know, every decision in life like that, right? Even the little ones. You want to, what car am I going to get? Let's go back to cars. Well, let's see. I'm going to drive this one. Well, this one's got advantages. This one's got some benefits. But at the end of the day, someday you just got to say, this is the one I'm buying. Make up your mind. Don't be second-guessing it every month. Uh, there was a guy, a pastor, one time, every, about every six months he had trade cars. He wound up, he was paying, back then, he was paying $800 a month for a little Chevy Corsair or something. It was a little bitty car because he just kept losing his shirt because he couldn't make up his mind what car he was going to get. And he wasn't happy. You won't be happy either. Gratefulness. I know about 10 more minutes, okay? So. I know. Uh, the Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. You know, it's amazing. David was a fugitive when he wrote that. No home, moss for a mattress, caves and forests for shelter. How can he say, the lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a goodly inheritance. You know, David wasn't forgetting where he was, but it was the language of faith. 
It was a language of faith. He knew what the prophet had said. He knew he was the king. He knew what was coming. He knew his future. He said, I'm all right. I'm all right because God is in control of my future. You've got to understand, no matter what, if we have hope in this life only, we are of all men most miserable. The suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in me. No matter what, all Things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Man, that, that, when, when you understand, when, when, when you have that mindset and you know that that's what God has prepared for you, circumstances cannot bring you long lasting sadness. You can have joy in the midst of your sorrow. I've seen it happen so many times. I had a horrible thing happen this week. A girl I grew up with, her daughter got married uh, three weeks ago. And about four days ago, they got home. They walked in their house, their newly little apartment. They just got the gas turned on and got everything moving. And the house blew up. They don't even know yet how it did. Burned this girl, over 95% of her body, burned him. Not as bad, but he had burned over about 65% of the body. In the hospital right now. What in the world? That's a terrible tragedy. But you know what? That family... That mother, that dad, are devastated as you or I would be, sad that that happened. But down deep, they know that God is still in control. And something good is going to come out of all of this. Something good is going to come out of all of this because they have an understanding that it's not just about what goes on here. There's a world to come. The Bible says this life is just a vapor. It's just it's just here today and gone tomorrow. There's an eternity. There, 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 God has a plan. God's plan has not been interrupted in my life. David, though he's in a cave, though he doesn't know where his next meal's coming from, though the most powerful man in the country is after him, he knows God is still in control of his life. That's what it means to be a Christian, is to know that all things work together for good. To know that God is in control of my life. This present circumstance is not going to destroy me. God is going to walk beside me. He's going to get me through it. Uh, I have a mansion. I have a home in glory. If I get cancer and I die of cancer, I'm going to a heavenly home. I've got a place prepared for me. There's a hope beyond this life. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. He said, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night season. David said, I'm guided by God. He's given me counsel. He said, my, rain, uh, my reins also instruct me in the night season. The Lord 
is the one that I listen to. I'm guided by God. You know what? You can read all kind of books. You know, it, it, it is it is unbelievable. You, I used to I always have a habit of going to any bookstore, whether it's in the airport, you know, all the Barnes and Nobles and things are closed now. You, you about can't find a bookstore, but they, they've got these book sections in the airport I like to go see. And, you, and I always like to look at the top sellers. Go, go in a store... Uh, now and look at some of the top sellers you know there's three or four titles there that had the f word in the title i couldn't believe it and this person's going to give me advice i'm going to read this book you're going to listen to dr phil you're going to take advice from celebrities on Twitter that can't even keep a marriage together for more than like two hours? Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? You listen to some of these people, no wonder you're not happy. They're not happy either. Because... God told us how to live. He knows how. He wants us to be happy. His word brings joy into our lives. When we obey him, he gives us the right counsel. I was down in Detroit one day, and I was doing some work around the church, and here come a little a gang of young men walking by. And I say a gang. They weren't really a gang. They were just kids hanging out in the neighborhood, but uh, one of them saw me. He was about 16. The other was probably 13, 12, something like that, and he was the oldest one, and he said, now, he said, boys, he said, y'all listen to me, and you'll be millionaires. He said, you got to listen to him. <laughs> I, I chuckled. I thought, you better not listen to him. You, He don't have two nickels to rub together. If you want to be a millionaire, you better listen to somebody else. Don't be listening to people give you marriage advice sitting on the bar stool drunk and on their third marriage. You better get your information from God. You better get it from the Word of God. Sometimes you don't want to do it. The Bible will slap you upside the head sometimes. Love your enemies. Like, what? That don't make any sense. You know, some things just stick with you. I was walking down the sidewalk. You know, they got these outdoor eating places. And I'm walking down, and I overheard a conversation. One lady was telling another one. She said, honey, it's time that you thought about yourself. It's time that you did stuff for you. And I'm like, man, I wanted to stop and say, hey, that ain't right. That won't work. But I kept walking. (laughs) Wrong. The Bible says if you lose your life, you'll find it. If you're here today and things hadn't been going right, there's a good chance that you've been taking the wrong guidance. If If you keep trying to get to a destination... You ever had your GPS dump you off in the middle of a field somewhere? You put the address in there, and you're like, it says, your destination is on the right. And you're like, that's not my destination. 
wrong directions. And that's what you've been doing in your life. Uh, they said, do this, do this, turn left, turn right, go north, go south, and you'll be there, and you'll be at happiness. And, and you, it says, destination's on the right. Like, what? I'm not happy. Because they don't know how to tell you to be happy. But God knows how. Listen to him. Take advice from him. Get your counsel from him. There's wisdom God created this world. The Bible is your owner's manual. You live according to biblical principles. Biblical principles today, at one point in our society, biblical principles and uh, common sense or uh, popular culture or the received wisdom or conventional wisdom kind of melded together on some things, right? And so uh, there wasn't... Sometimes a lot of difference. You go back uh, of, of what the church was teaching and what society was teaching. Honey, that day's long gone. There's a world of difference. The church today is in direct opposition to what is being taught at schools, what's being taught over the, the news media, what's being portrayed in Hollywood. It's in direct opposition. And you better be careful because you're going to wind up in the mess, same mess they're in. Let's talk about that a minute. The hypocrisy of Hollywood. Talk for years. Sleep with who you want to. Have sex whenever you want to with whoever you want to. It's just sex, you know. And now we're finding out exactly what happened there. They were uh, uh, forcing these young girls to have sex with them for movie parts and all of that stuff. Come on. We knew all that was going on back when they had it all covered up. And the dirty little secret is you, you, uh, you, you can't have sex with everybody you want to have sex with and be happy. And what are you thinking? You don't have a billion dollars. You're not a movie star. They got a billion dollars. They're a movie star. They're having sex with the most beautiful people in the world, and they're still not happy. And yet you're still trying to figure out something. One man, one woman for life. That's how to be happy. That's how to be happy. Guarded by God. He said, I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. My protection doesn't come from being an American. It is a good thing to have an American passport when you're overseas. That makes you feel protected. My protection is not in the Naval Academy. My protection is not from the Army. It's not even from the police. Thank God for all of them. But my protection is from God. God takes care of me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, well, uh, I was, uh, of course, I've been, I've pastored down in inner city Detroit. 
and uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't stupid either, but I, I wasn't afraid. I knew God was in control. I never felt afraid one time. I, I had my family, three years old, my son was, my daughter was two years old, my other son was seven months old. We're off in Africa, no 911, uh, no gun, no nothing, just there. I mean, I'd wake up in the middle of the night, Brother Wright, and I, somebody would be trying to get in the house. I, I didn't hear them, but I'd know God would wake me up, and I'd get up, and I'd go around, I'd turn on the lights, I'd stir around and, and pray. When I was a kid, and I still have guns. I'm not here crusading against guns I, I i got some now but as a kid i decided i was going to tote a gun you know 16 years old you know i was going to protect everybody i had a gun strapped on my bedpost and god knew where i was going he knew what i was going to have to do and so one night somebody came through our yard and threw off some firecrackers and before i knew it i was up with a gun poked out the window i was about to cut down on them i'm like what in the world and the Lord said, you're going to protect yourself your whole life? And he showed me a vision of what that looked like. I was going to have to build a compound. I saw it. Compound. I had barbed wire. I had lights. He said, that's what it looks like if you're going to take care of yourself. He said, won't you let me do it? Won't you let me do it? I said, all right, God, I'll let you do it. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Let God protect you, and you're going to be safe. He never sleeps. He's always in charge. He's always in control. I'm talking about how to be happy. When, when you trust in God alone, when you surround yourself with the people of God, when you denounce sin and idolatry and double-mindedness, when you uh, are... Uh, I skipped grateful, but David said, I'm grateful. Uh, the portion of my inheritance is my cup. Thou maintainest my life. The lines are falling unto me. Uh, he was grateful and then guided by God and guarded by God. This is a happy life. You're here today. Musicians can come. I'm closing. God wants you to be happy. We all came to church looking to be happy. We're human beings. And we have a, we're not built to suffer all the time. We got to have some joy. Pastors, a lot of times, they deal with everybody's problems, right? And as pastors, we know we got to go have some fun sometimes. <laughs> we got to go play golf. We got to go hunt. We got to do something. We're not built for sadness all the time. But the devil wants to keep people in sadness all the time. That's part of his bondage is to keep you down all the time. But you came here today looking for something. Uh, perhaps you tried alcohol. Perhaps you tried drug. Perhaps you uh, tried uh, every other thing that the devil says will bring you happiness. But it won't. And you know it. And so today, God has a place for you at his right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. In the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. And God wants you to start that relationship today. I said God wants you to start that relationship today. 
He's provided it for you. I know the world's told you the church doesn't know what they're talking about. I know uh, the, there's a there's something inside of you today saying, well, man, these people, man, they're, they're a little bit too intense for me. Oh, no, no, no. This is the way God designed it. It's about his love for you. He des- He's prepared a place for us in heaven. God never intended for all this sadness and sickness to be in the earth. The devil did all of that. God created us to be in the Garden of Eden. That's what God wanted for us. He didn't even want us to have to work. He wanted to provide everything and just fellowship with us. That's the way God started it all off. It was the devil and sin that brought all this pain into the earth. God wants to give you fullness of joy. He wants to give you pleasure. Beautiful story is told of King George VI of England. Before his ascension to the throne, he used to visit a small assembly in London and enjoy weekly Bible study with some of the brethren community. After he became king, he had to quit going there and he was kind of caught up in the Anglican world. But he had a deep faith in God. In the course of his duties, he came to Canada, and his official visit took him to British Columbia. And so the Canadian officials said, well, King George might want to hear a uh, native-born uh, Indian chief and, and to hear them do a native uh, song. And so the Indian chief that was chosen was Chief Whitefeather. He was told to sing something for the king, and of course the officials supposed it would be a native war song. But the chief was a Christian, and he had something else in mind. And one can picture the surprise of the officials when Chief Whitefeather began to sing, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand in the courses than to be the king of a vast domain or to be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Stunned officials waited to see what King George would do. They didn't have long to wait. The king went over, took Chief Whitefeather by the hand and said, I'd rather have Jesus too. There's nothing that's going to do it for you. There's nothing that's going to give you meaning in life and happiness and joy more than Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's stand today. I don't want to single you out and invite you down to the altar and uh, and make a spectacle, but if you're guests with us today. In a minute, we're going to all come as a family toward this altar. And why don't you just come with us? Slip up your hand and just make a request of God. Say, God, if what this preacher preached is true, will you begin to lead me today? Will you begin to lead me today? God, I want that peace and that joy. I'm telling you, somebody here today will teach you a Bible study. Somebody will teach you a Bible study. Somebody will talk to you. Somebody will help you and and, and lead you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
Come on, church. Let's gather as a family today and thank God for his love and his peace and the joy that he's given us today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Let's come. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad for the things that God has provided in your life? What a wonderful life it is to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you reach over and pray with somebody, especially if if, if somebody's new here, they're a guest. Why don't you, somebody, just go up beside them and pray with them. We're the family of God. We're the family of God. This is what we offer to the world. This is what the world is looking for. And we've got it here today. It's free of charge. And and anybody can have it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. Oh, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment hope for all I do Jesus you're the center of my joy oh Jesus you're the center of my joy all that's good and perfect comes from you You're the heart of my contentment, hope for all I do. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. Oh, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. You're the center of my joy. Oh, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment. For all I do, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. Oh, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. 
contentment, hope for all I do. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. Oh, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment. Hope for all I do. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. I know some are praying, and I don't want to disturb that. They can continue, but if you're not praying, I think one of the key, absolute key words today, and if I remember correctly, it was a part of Brother Sistrunk's title, and that's that's the word foundation. Some of you have been coming here for years and decades, and you know the changes and the transitions that have taken place in, in this building and other buildings we've had, flooring that has changed, carpet that's changed, paint colors that have changed, decor that has changed. Those things have changed, but the foundation has not been touched. It is the same. And I remind you, I don't want to re-preach the message, but I remind you what was preached today is this is not just an accessory. I, I, I don't I don't want to be unkind, but there's a few of you, even a few of you standing in this altar. The problem is you just you just want the accessory. But this is about the foundation. And everything else has got to be built on this. This doesn't get added to your other stuff. This is the foundation. And I I just really feel like, I, I just believe that there's somebody, probably not just one, but I really feel like there's somebody right now that God is calling you to a deeper commitment today. God is God is calling you to go beyond where you've ever been before. That God, you and church and all of this is not just going to be an extra, but it's going to be the foundation. So I'm asking you just another moment or two, would you just close your eyes? And if that's you, I don't know who you are, but I, I just feel it in my spirit. There's somebody here, God, is drawing you beyond just a, a little prayer right now and go on to everything else. But God, I want to get the foundation right. I, I want the foundation to be secure. I want the foundation to be what it needs to be so that everything else built on the foundation is not what I'm trusting in and looking to if I can get the foundation right I get the joy if I get the foundation right my my peace and my happiness is going to last it's not going to be a momentary thing that comes and goes week to week in the name of Jesus oh Jesus you're the center you're the center of my joy you're not just a part of my joy. You're not just a contributor. You're not just a factor in my joy. You are the center of my joy. You're the heart of my contentment. Hope for all I do. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. 
Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment, hope for all I do. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. Oh, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment, hope for all I do. If you need to go, you're welcome to go. I see some that are still praying. The Lord is still ministering to them, talking to them. If that's you, don't be in a hurry right now. Comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment, hope. For all I do, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. Oh, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment hope for all I do Jesus you're the center of my joy 